0: Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be. Helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Making mistakes is human. Responsibility is looking at the mistake and going, how did I do that? And how do I make sure it never happens again? That's responsibility. Look anywhere in our world and you'll find that the the root of the problem is an unwillingness to look at the truth. Hi, it's Joseph and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. What's your communication turnaround standard? Do you have one? Does your department or company have one? Part of integrity and thrival is getting back to people in a timely fashion and organizing your life so you can do so easily. How do you make sure integrity expresses in all of your communication? Keep listening to find out. This series is from a recent webcast that happens each week for clear and open members. For more information about the many benefits of clear and open membership and how to get the help you need in conversations like this, Go to clearandopen.com. Now let's dive in. Whether you choose to make it one business day or two business days or whatever, responding to all messages within a certain time period is an expression of integrity. And this is the principle of communication. So the first one is keeping your word. principle of communication is the way I hold it, I do one business day. That's my standard. In, in the job that you're in, it may need to be two business days or, or whatever. But ideally, it's one business day. And here's a good metaphor for that. You ever be at a restaurant and you know, they take your drink order first and then they go away and they're going to come back with the drinks and they're going to take your food order, right? Do you know that moment where you have the feeling that the drinks are late? It, it starts as a feeling. You didn't track it. It's not a stopwatch thing. You don't know what time it is. But there's just this moment where you feel the absence of your server. And you're like, something they're late. Where are those drinks anyway? That's often what happens. Where? You can feel it. It's a feeling. It's a feeling before it's a thought. And this happens with communication. You probably had this experience too. You email someone a question, maybe something you need somewhat soon. And two days go by. And then it comes at you like a feeling, the same thing. Where's that email? How come they haven't responded? So what I'm saying here is that there's there's an emotional, energetic kind of communication, objectivity standard thing. And that, by the way, was all hyphenated. It's a feeling. It's not like... Because this all happens to us at a certain point in time, we expect... The communication to come back. And that's a feeling. And the reason I hold one business day as a standard for communication is because most cases, one business day is going to be sooner than the person has the feeling of, hey, what happened to such and such? You want to beat that, you want to be ahead of that. And one business day is an easy thing. And with my clients, I make that agreement one business day. And usually I get back to people within four to six hours, right? Over deliver, under promise, over deliver. And again, if that needs to be two days for you, whatever, it should be a company wide standard. And this is an expression of integrity. If you don't have an answer to the question, this is one of the things that makes me crazy. I posted this uh, text thing in, in Facebook with my ingenious but somewhat irresponsible massage therapist. If you don't have an answer to the question, then respond within one business day saying so right? Because this happens every day. You send a question to someone via text or email or voicemail or whatever, and then three days goes by and you email again. Hey, what happened blah, blah, blah. Oh, I didn't have an answer yet for you. So I needed to ask such and such. And how the hell was I supposed to know that? You see, there's an immediacy with communication. It has to do with connect- connectivity, connectedness, relationality. When, when, when someone says, oh yeah, I didn't have an answer for, I didn't want to respond to you. There's the other one I hear all the time. I didn't want to respond to you until I had an answer. What? Why? Because you're so afraid I'd get angry you didn't know and needed to do research to find out? That makes no sense. Okay? I wish I could crumple that excuse up like a piece of paper and burn it. Oh, I didn't want to answer until, I didn't want to respond until I had an answer. You, you left me out twisting in the wind, wondering what's going on. And this, again, connects to Clear Workspace Open Mind. When you hold a higher standard of clarity and, and, and clearness of your own mind, you will healthily start to really not like when people leave balls in your court. When you email someone, you're supposed to get to forget about it. Here's this question. Can you let me know by Friday? Now you get to forget. But if you can't trust that, that person's going to get back to you by then, what do you have to do? You got to hold it in your head. That creates overwhelm in you. And this is the healthy self-interest where you should not like that. Now, there are going to be cases where you just it's out of your control, You know, um, where you just can't rely on the person to get back to you. So you got to make a note of it. You surrender. You know, If I can't trust that someone's going to get back to me, then I snooze the email and I make it come back that day. That's how I do that, usually. Or I make a note in my calendar or whatever. But you should dislike that. Because it's work you shouldn't have to do. And if you've got people working for you or working with you, then it's something you do have influence on. Hey, can we make an agreement that when I send an email to you, you'll, just, you'll respond within X business days so I don't have to think about it? This causes a lot of overwhelming people. Another piece of this, respond to direct questions in emails. How many times do you send an email to someone with a few different questions in it, and then they respond one or two days later, but they didn't answer all the questions? Now you've got to go back to them and ask again. That's a waste of time, both of your time. It's poor integrity and communication because it wastes time and energy. So one of the ways to do that, a good habit to get into, is when you write an email before you send it, when you proofread it, if you proofread it, I do two things. I proofread my emails, you know, within reason. And I, may, and I look back at the email one more time and make sure I answered all the questions. I'll look for question marks. People don't always use question marks, but I'll look, okay, did I answer everything? It only takes a, a second here. It takes 10 seconds, maybe. And you make sure that you addressed everything. And if it comes back and they say, hey, you didn't answer blah, blah, blah question. In content, you want to go, oh yeah, sorry about that. Here's the answer to that. But in context, you got to go, how did I do that? How did I do it? Oh, I was really busy when I wrote that email. Well, why am I so busy? Why am I so busy that it's affecting my ability to communicate the way I want to? Well, maybe it's because I'm checking my email every 25 minutes well, that would do it. You see, and you follow that all the way to the root. That's how you get better by going to the context and the root of it. The third principle is accountability. And accountability, I've been talking about all along, actually. could say a lot about it. But in this context, it has to do with owning your mistakes. Like I said before, making mistakes is fine. Okay? So even though I'm really passionate and may seem rigid about this. I have a ton of compassion for mistakes. They happen. What I have no compassion for is a lack of curiosity about how you made the mistake. You see the difference? That's content and context. Mistakes happen. They do. Responsibility isn't about never making mistakes. Making mistakes is human. Responsibility is looking at the mistake and going, how did I do that? And how do I make sure it never happens again? That's responsibility. You see, if you do that, eventually you make less and less mistakes. That's how that works. And there are one-off things that that happen for sure. But you're always looking for patterns. You're always looking for patterns. That's the orientation. And this is in your self-interest. Again, it goes all the way back to that. Because if you look at your job as I'm working for the man and I got to do whatever they're telling me to do, and you come at it from that, then there's no self-interest in in owning your mistakes. Because owning your mistakes is for your boss or for the coworker or for the company. I wouldn't want to own my mistakes either. But if you come at it from a place of, I want to be someone in stage four or stage five, Thrive or, or flow. I want to get to that place. I want to be the best professional I can be. Then, when that starts happening, what, what, you'll know you're in that zone when you make a mistake with someone and they go, Oh, it's, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. And you go, No, wait a minute. It's a big deal to me. When that happens, now you know you're in real intense responsibility territory when it matters more to you than the other people it impacted. It matters to me. I got to think about this. It may take you days to discover, weeks even. Maybe you have to make the same mistake a few more times to figure out what it is, to figure out what your recipe is. But that's responsibility. And you're willing to, rather than make an excuse, coming from Latin ex causa, meaning outside cause, you make what I call an incuse. You engage in the process of incusing to discover where the internal cause is. And that's a way different process. It's unknown, and you have to face things about yourself that maybe you thought were true but weren't. You you may arrive at it in a minute, you may not arrive at it in a decade. You've all had the experience of not learning from a mistake until years later. Happens to all of us, myself included. But it comes when it comes. But the, the issue is the orientation. How did I do that? How did that happen? Why am I dating that same person again and again and again? That's the, I like to talk about. The reason I talk about that is because I did that for about a year and a half. I had something happen. It took me four, four relationships, four short relationships before I learned this lesson over about a year and a half. It was really obvious you know, to everyone except for me. the the reason it took that long for me is because in that domain, the desire to be connected up with someone was bigger than the desire to see how I was the common denominator of drawing people who were not good for me. In the end, when the last lesson happened, I faced a chasm of some of the most crushing loneliness I'd ever experienced. And when I made peace with that aloneness and was okay there everything looked different. It was like, oh, I kept making this mistake because I wasn't willing to be alone in this way. I thought I was willing to be alone. But then when this crushing chasm of aloneness showed up and I saw how difficult that was for me to bear, then I saw not dealing with that was what was driving me to make that mistake again and again and again. That's the kind of discovery I'm talking about here. And people, I know people who are chronically late, for example, and their whole life is this kind of excited, exhausted, overwhelmed thing and they're running around like a chicken with their head cut off. The longer that's been going on for that person, the deeper something... And there could be deep, deep depression there, for example. The excitement generated by being late all the time can be literally... Well, not literally. I was going to say literally a drug, but effectively a medication to cover something like depression. The depression brings you down, right? It brings, makes your energy down and low. You can counteract that by being late all the time. That works. That's just an example. I just want to give you an example of how deep this kind of stuff can go. Being chronically, being three minutes late to everything, when you pull on that string on that sweater, it could unravel someone's entire identity in a good way. I'm so glad I was able to heal this loneliness. It was something I was chipping away at for about... Mm, 10 years. And it took me that long to remove all of the rocks that were on that geyser. And now I'm more, more okay alone. I'd be okay alone for the rest of my life. And I, it's the first time you know, just in the last three months, first time I can say that in my entire life. Who knows what's going to happen now? Now I feel like maybe I'm finally ready to draw someone, to draw a woman that, I, that a part of me won't use to make life meaningful because that's what was going on. I don't need a woman to make life meaningful anymore. That opens up a whole new set of possibilities of who I could meet. In theory, I don't know. I have no idea. And who knows? Maybe I'm still you know, avoiding some amount of loneliness and I'll meet someone tomorrow and lose my center and the whole thing will happen again. I don't know. Seems like not. I have people helping me though. I've given them my word about some things. It's like, I'm not going to do this again. And I made a list. I got really serious about it. So I'm sharing this with you so you you can get a sense of one, how deep it goes and and two, how the process is never ending. It's not an attainment. Integrity, this kind of integrity, communication, and accountability. It's not an attainment. It's not some place you arrive at. It's a process that you constantly work on because everything is made up of agreements. And I, I firmly believe, especially when you look at how bankrupt our world is in the domains of accountability, because all of the problems in our world are solvable. They're all solvable. We have the intelligence, we have the consciousness, we, well, maybe not the consciousness. We have the means, we have the tools, we have the intelligence. It's just the willingness to start with, how did I make this happen? What's my piece in it? That's what's not there. And that isn't even the problem. Because what's upstream of that is the relationship to truth. If the truth matters to you more than anything else, then your own discomfort is second. And that's how you get to the bottom of things. So I teach root problem solving and all that. But really in context, all I do is teach people to love the truth more than anything else. To want to know. To care about what's true. Because caring about truth like that is fundamentally about trusting life and trusting yourself. And look anywhere in our world, and you'll find that the, the root of the problem is an unwillingness to look at the truth. And this is why I get so crazy about it. Because when people don't go to this deeper level and say, how exactly did it happen? Whether it's an oil gulf disaster, a sociopath running for president, or you being three minutes late for a meeting... In one way, it's all the same. You see, it's all the same. It's just about saying, oh, how did I do that? How did that happen? How did I make that happen? Because if you don't do that, you guarantee it happens again. And maybe it has to. I dated four different women over two years before I learned my lesson. Fine. But the whole time I was racking my brain about what it was. And I had people helping me. If I didn't have that, it might have taken the rest of my life. So there's no judgment here. It's just about your orientation toward truth. This is the path to all your dreams coming true. Whatever dreams you have, doing what you say you're going to do, it's usually one of the key ingredients because you give your word to yourself too. And fundamentally, giving your word to other people is often a, a, a lot about learning to keep your word with yourself because keeping your word with yourself is often the hardest thing to do because it means respecting you that much. That's the hardest thing in the world. But I think you're worth it. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the Clear and Open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.